If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 600. It is June 22nd. Happy summer. Love it. The long days are here, summer's here. This is Podcast Unlocked, it's IGN's weekly Xbox show. As I said, episode 600 for June 22nd, 2023. While sadly, Stella could not be with us as she is returning from Europe from a work event with Tom Cruise. Yeah, it was very cool. (laughs) I guess she's busy. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined as always here in San Francisco by Miranda Sanchez. Hello. Hello. Happy summer. Happy summer. Happy summer solstice. It's time. I love long days the sun's out late it's like 9 p.m yeah, the sun's good just do- you not have to walk my dogs in the dark exactly <laughs> so, yeah, i'm a big fan destin legary from los angeles good to see you my friend bam hey everybody well uh there's a lot to get to this week I, I've, I've got some good topics prepared uh well i think are good follow-up topics from the showcase because the last time we were with you it's it's been a little i know our schedule's been weird it's gonna in, in fact we're not even at our normal day today we then intent forget it it does the explanation doesn't <laughs> matter we're gonna get back on our regular schedule starting next week but it's been a little while since we've been with you the last time we were with you we were live immediately after the xbox showcase which we talked about how much we loved and how, how great a job that microsoft did you know, there's there's some follow-up topics here. As we are recording this at 11.24 a.m. Pacific on Thursday, June 22nd, Microsoft is, there. most of the executive leadership team is like a mile from here at the courthouse in San Francisco, testifying with this trial with the FTC about the uh, Activision Blizzard acquisition. And we're going to get to that. Destin, I hope you've got some of those tabs open. I've got a few open. We gotta, we're going to kind of work on the fly a little bit here with some of this stuff uh, that's, that's worth <laughs> passing along. And I'm sure we're going to have even more to talk about next week because this case is extending. Uh, I think it's at least through tomorrow, if, if perhaps even a little longer in the next week. It's, yeah. it's, it's five days long. Yeah. And it'll go through next week. So, it'll end on the 29th. Okay, thank you. Yeah, so we'll have plenty more on this next week. But for now... The dust has settled on the Xbox showcase. 
what a great week for Xbox. What a great event. And I just real quick wanted to talk about, Miranda, I know you couldn't be with us down in LA, just shackled to your desk uh, with, with the rest of the, the Wiki and Game Help team with all these big games that are, none of them are short. Yeah. They're all like they all had to be behemoths. Hundreds you know, of hours. It's fun, but it's also like, all right, my life. I found my first gray hair. And I was like, dang, here we go. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we did miss you. Uh, so I thought just Destin, you and I could uh, could go back and forth here real quick on some impressions of some things we saw. Miranda, feel free to chime in, of course. Yeah, I was watching. Your thoughts. Uh, I want to start with, and again, these are non-showcase things. So, because we obviously covered the showcase in great detail live uh, on episode 599. Destin, Alan Wake 2, give me your quick thoughts. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miranda already celebrating. <laughs> uh, you didn't get, you sadly didn't get to see the 30 minute behind closed doors demo that we did. No. And you're still hyped. I'm still excited. You'd be even more hyped, I think, if you did see that demo. Destin, your thoughts on that demo. I was super impressed and they downplayed it like the whole time. They're like, it's not final. There's a lot of stuff still in the works. There was some like stuttering in the combat, but it looked stunning for the most part. So I was very surprised at all the downplaying. Uh, very interesting game. You sort of go into your mind space and solve these cases. And as somebody that, you know, didn't really play the first Alan Wake and wasn't really into it. I like the concept of solving mysteries in that way. Yeah. It really gave me uh, vibes of what was the HBO show, True Detective? Yes. The se season one. Yeah. And I, I really, really dig it. I like it a lot. So excited to see more of that. Very impressed with what they showed. Yeah, this, uh, I too, it was my favorite thing that I saw at the, the Play Days event, which was kind of the... the E3, if you will, the not E3, mm. uh, with, you know, obviously it was separate from, from the Microsoft showcase. It, it, yeah, it was just a, a fantastic demo. As Destin said, it, it, it is, it's definitely one of the most next-gen looking games that we saw at the entire event. Uh, we're, one of those other ones we'll talk about next. But um, yeah, it looks great. They're, you know, they're in-house, the Northlight technology that, that, that they use for everything. Uh, the the character faces look they've always looked great in this engine and now like leaning full on into survival horror for for alan wake is such a great fit and uh yeah I, I just can't wait for this game i mean i i do worry about it that it's this like cult favorite sequel that's gonna come <laughs> out in the absolute heart of the holiday season so i i, I just hope that it's not they're not resigning themselves to the same fate as Alan Wake one, which was a game that again, kind of was this really cool thing, but it was this unknown deal and kind of got, uh, well, it, it didn't do very well. It, mm -hmm. it sort of became a cult favorite over time, but yeah, it looks awesome. Can't wait to see more of Alan Wake two. Now, Destin, you played this next game uh, that I wanted to bring up real quick. And that's a game we've at least all gotten to see on the live streams and uh, Destin, you uh, and then Mitchell Saltzman, our fighting game expert, uh, got a chance to play Mortal Kombat 1, which I I just purposely wanted to watch Mitchell play because he's really good <laughs> at this stuff. And it's and Mortal and I'm endlessly entertained by watching Mortal Kombat 1. So your quick thoughts on actually getting your hands on the controller for MK1. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Kenshi back in like MK9, so picking him up in this game, it was interesting, but I had no idea what I was doing. Eventually, what we ended up doing, though, was having one of the, the devs play through all the characters, and that's the gameplay we have on IGN right now. Yeah. So it's really high-level gameplay, and it's really interesting to see what you can start doing with the new cameo system and the combos that you can build off of these guest characters. Also, all the cameo characters have their own fatalities, and it's it looks really, really beautiful and polished even the the current build that they're showcasing at sgf um i'm very excited about mortal kombat one it looks fun it's hitting all the right notes for me the the combos look like they're going to be nuts just like you know with high level players doing their footsies trying to trying to get their opener uh mortal kombat one's hitting all the right notes there's even little easter eggs in the background of the stages where there's characters mentioned from the previous games uh, I, I really like what I've seen so far. Yeah, I, I can't. I just I can't get enough of watching the fatalities in that game. Yep. It's I know yeah. that's that's not an original thought. I'm hardly <laughs> the first person yeah. to say that, but it's there. They they so Netherrealm so beautifully walks the line between like it's gross, but it's like clearly comically not realistic it like they look real but it's not real like it's it's clearly fictional it's it's like the boys on a amazon right yeah. like yeah there's gross stuff like <laughs> vo gross violence that happens on that show that but you're not you're not like calling the fcc going get this off the air this is you know this is horrible it's like walks this weird line <laughs> yeah. of like it could be horrific and it probably is for a lot of people honestly but it's but at least for us it's like hilarious and it's just really entertaining and i don't know i think it's just the absurdity of it yeah. right like it just goes so yeah. far off the deep edge and they really lean into that i was going to say too when watching all the mk1 reveals and um of course like their nice fatalities shiny good beautiful um nice reflections in the blood you know that kind yes. of thing i was thinking how when I look to Forza for like a visual stunning showcase, I also equally look to Mortal Kombat for that same thing, which is a very different kind of thing, but I love it because their style is just perfect to kind of encapsulate little details, but also still have that cartoony presence. So like yes. whereas Forza goes on the realism spectrum, Mortal Kombat showcases graphics in that different sort of stylized spectrum in just such a fantastic way. And I just loved I yeah, I had a quick sit down with Ed Boone, who I I adore. Ed, he's just one of the nicest people in the games industry. He's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's about a 15 or maybe 20 minute interview with him that, that I did up on IGN uh, right after seeing Mortal Kombat 1, right after Destin's hands-on and right, right after I watched Mitchell play for a while. And yeah, I asked him, like, is this Unreal Engine 5? And he said, it's, it is a new, he's, he didn't confirm whether or not it's Unreal 5. So I, I don't necessarily think it is, but it doesn't matter. It looks great. It's, it's, I think it's Unreal 4 or a modified version of it where they've, you know, they've really just dialed everything in where, cause you know, they only have, I guess at the most four characters on a screen at a given time and then whatever else is going on the, in the background. But yeah, Mortal Kombat 1 is going to be, uh, I mean, in Destin, it, Mortal Kombat 1 was the biggest game traffic-wise on IGN during that whole week, and it wasn't close. Yeah. It, it wasn't oh. even close. 
I mean, I'd have to look at the data, but I believe you. <laughs> You're yeah, telling me no, that's, tell, the, yeah, and I'm telling that's you. the truth. It's, it's, so the, uh, my point being there that there's the, our audience is clearly, there's so much interest in Mortal Kombat 1. It's going to be a big, big game this it's, September. It's just one of those things sure. where it doesn't matter if you're good at fighting games like Mortal Kombat is yep. just fun and where yeah. i can't say that about the other fighting games like some of those can be fun too but stylistically i think Mortal Kombat just has a different kind of appeal and obviously it has its own prestige like they all have their own but sure. this one is just so universally loved and again scrubs like me who are terrible at fighting games you just dive in and it's a great time armored core six destin did you get a chance to see that demo or no no, I think okay. that was Cat. It was Cat and, and me. Else did... Yeah, I just oh, I wasn't sure if you also might have gotten a chance to to get in there at another time. So, yeah, I'll just say real quick on that. Um, if you are expecting like Dark Souls with robots, it's not that. It is very much an <laughs> old school style Armored Core game, which will make Armored Core fans very happy. Uh, it's Armored Core spoilers. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's not like Dark Souls, and I'm yeah. sure like it's going to be super fun. They shot off part of a boss fight. Uh, I just, I will say I was pretty disappointed in the graphics and the visuals of that game. Like they're clearly wanting a locked 60 frames all the time. It is also a cross-gen game. It's on Xbox One and PS4. So there's that piece to take into consideration, but um, it really didn't, uh, it didn't look good. And it's just, I'll just say it that, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but, and and again, I they clearly had, th their their goal was, locked performance and but but yeah i, I was not i, I was kind of disappointed by by how it looks visually but uh but it's almost certainly going to play very well once it once it drops i guess it looks like a from soft game to me though yeah like it, it does I, I wouldn't say and maybe this is controversial but their their style is very specific and i think translating it to this space one where there's just like a lot of open empty places potentially yeah. doesn't really benefit them up in that way i think yeah that's fair does that makes sense to I, it does I mean, it, it just looks like one of their games like if you ever look at hair in a game like a from soft game it's just it looks awful it looks like a mop it's really weird well, there's no hair in this because yeah. they're all yeah. <laughs> but but so you maybe you can get this. hair for your robot i don't know that'd be really weird <laughs> but um i don't i would say i'm not surprised because i don't yeah. think that is the thing they excel at not that you know, scenes in Elden Ring or things are not pretty, but they're not the same graphical fidelity as like what we're looking at for Mortal Kombat. Right. right? It's just different strengths. Yeah. Uh, Forza Motorsport, Destin, you and I, sadly, nobody got to play it. I was a little surprised that there, there was a person there using a, a controller yeah, playing it, yeah, but yeah. it wasn't us. It wasn't us <laughs> this time. No, because I only say yeah. that normally because on when, when a new Forza game is a few months away, as it is now, this would be the moment in time where we get to play it. So I'm sure they have their reasons and I'm not like upset about it, obviously, but, but I was just, you know, a little bummed that we didn't get to play it, but we did get a, a mm -hmm. as you said, Destin, a live gameplay demo. Uh, and I, I mean, what do you say about, it's about it at this point? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> we, we've, we've talked about this on unlocked before of where you just kind of like run out of, uh, of, superlatives for it where it's just like yep it's a it's a freaking awesome gorgeous racing game again like they did it again okay like it's it's I, <laughs> which is i feel bad because we should be celebrating this stuff but yeah it's, as you expect it's like it. yep you, you hit your high bar again uh, like congrats thank you <laughs> yeah 
I I will say that the in-game stuff didn't look as nice as they've been presenting in their trailers and such because they're focusing on a locked frame rate, like you said before. Yeah. And it kind of kind of brings to the forefront of my mind that developers are starting to hit this point point with the boxes where they're like, okay, well, if we want to do like native 4K at 60, we have to sacrifice some things. But this is also an early build. They're probably going to polish it up over the next few months. Yeah. It hits when? October, October September? October 10th, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So in right the middle the of the October hellscape that will also kill Miranda and her team, probably. I'm yeah, just not we have exist we... in the end of this year. Just so you know, I won't be here. <laughs> if you want to see the footage for yourself, we have the full 4K asset of their Forza Monthly, and yeah. it's like not compressed. I I made a request to get those in high quality as yeah. possible. So Thanks. you can go check that out on IGN.com right now. Not Shout YouTube, because to... it'll compress it. Go to IGN. And we, we've yeah. got the native 4K60 file well, over there. Well, I think I uploaded it to YouTube. So it's compressed on YouTube still, but sure. we have the best uh, compression on IGN.com. So if you want to see the best quality, I always go to IGN.com for sure. Yes. But yeah, very excited about that game. And sorry, Ryan, I actually really like what they're doing with the unlock system. Basically, the more that you use a car, the more components you unlock for that car, and you kind of like learn the ins and outs of that vehicle, and you can make swaps with how you tune it and i i like that system a lot and they're going to be talking a little bit more about how multiplayer is going to work and how you're rewarded for clean racing yes that's really big in the sim racing department so i systems wise they got their head in the right place with the changes that they're making for forza motorsport and i'm excited to see how the community reacts to it yeah well said it's uh it's going to be probably amazing again and then a game that I, I'll, I'll be honest, I went into this hands-on. This was the one game, that, of the one Xbox game we did get to play uh, out, of, out of everything that Microsoft showed. I kind of went into this going, yeah, this isn't like normally my kind of thing, but sure, you know, of course I'm going to play it. That's, that's <laughs> it's a privilege to get to do so. And then I ended up super loving it. And that game, Destin, was 33 Immortals. It's, yeah. uh, it, it, so it's 33 player co-op. <laughs> you did you did absolutely take the take the w on that one yeah it's we now we only got to play six immortals <laughs> it was six of us in a room so it wasn't even the uh one-fifth of the full experience but it like i what i really liked is they've they've baked the cooperative uh the the cooperative elements they've baked it into the design where everybody's got a a, a special attack that requires two other people. So if you hit that, if you're if you're powered up and ready for that, the archers do. Yeah, the archer. Yeah. And then uh, the other, I think the I was the archer. You were the like fighter with the sword. Uh, yeah. And and yours was a healing thing, right? Wasn't that your your I think special? That was, I don't know. I'm I didn't pretty, do well, the three person. Somebody attack, was doing healing stuff where yeah. three of you would kind of stand in a in a uh, V formation, basically. And then mm -hmm. all three, if you, everybody stands on their the little spot in the V formation, everybody gets healed. And it was the same thing with uh, the archer class that I just got handed, where uh -huh. uh, it, if everybody stands in that same formation, uh, this, this insane volley of arrows go there. You see yeah, it on the, on the screen yeah. right now if you're watching this on video, heads up the screen. So that was that was a fun like special attack to to unleash against bosses. And and yeah, Destin, I I really had a good time with this. Yeah. Uh 
getting to play it hands-on, it's, it's a much more fun experience because you can sort of coordinate your attacks and figure out, you know, how to save your, your co-op partners. And it, it can be pandemonium on the screen when like the gods get angry and they just shower you with meteors and you have to dodge all that stuff. A very, very fun cooperative dungeon crawler. And it, it really scratched that Diablo itch I was having while being away at SGF and not able to play my sorcerer. So, uh, I, I was very happy to be pleasantly surprised by it. And these are the Spirit Fairer developers. Yeah. Back at it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's good that they're getting back into some of their combat routes. The two games they did before Spirit Fair were like that. But Spirit Fair was like one of the coolest games that they put out for me. Yeah. And so I was like, oh man, this is a little bit of a different direction. But that's still good. It's good that they're stretching and kind of doing all the good things that they're good at. Totally. And it's Game Pass, so you'll yeah. there, there'll be, you'll have good odds of finding 32 other players whenever yeah. you want to jump into it. So that'll be good. And then finally, uh, I'm pretty sure I was the only one that got to play this one, but so I'll just make it quick. Cocoon, the, the short version here is, it's from one of the original designers of Limbo and Inside. And I, I sat down with it and like, there, it was just because there was an open station like cool i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in and check this out and then i just couldn't put it i genuinely couldn't put it down the demo was long like usually the demos at these things are like like they'll carve off a slice where it's maybe 10 minutes and then you'll get like a little it'll fade to black and go thanks for playing and so the idea is you get your ass up and the next person can can play that was they that was not the setup here it was just i don't know how much of the game was there but i played for almost an hour before i was finally like wow i guess i should i should go um <laughs> to my next appointment over here but yeah it's it's a it's definitely in that limbo and inside vein where there's no dialogue it's got a very distinct art style and there's no, there are no button prompts even. Like there's just not, you're left to figure everything out. And so you, you're just, you, everything is, is you're, you're figuring out through context clues. And the puzzles are great. And I have no idea like what the story is or what sort of, if hopefully it's going to be like Limbo and Inside where it has some sort of meaning and message at the end that, that really leaves you to think about it after you're done playing. But yeah. Uh, that's another one. Annapurna is publishing, so you know, oh, nice. no, no surprise. Like it's Excellent. totally an Annapurna kind of game. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, keep that one on your radar as well, Cocoon. Okay, uh, next topic, which I want to get onto before uh, there's a lot to get to. So we're going to be here for a while. We've got plenty of time. We've got like another hour before uh, our our time limit will be hit here. So. I wanted to bring up something that that Destin, you, myself, and Stella were talking about after the showcase. So we ended up, of course, you know, we get off the air after we've just been like live and with cameras on us, and we're doing the best we can in the in the in the moment to react and give this instant reaction and, and analysis. But inevitably, our brains keep going after the cameras go off. And yeah. one of the things we were talking about after was how stacked xbox is with exclusive role-playing games for the next like foreseeable future i actually made a list tweeted it out got a lot of great response so i thought we'd go through this and where it's before the show you said there's that's a lot of rpgs we're guessing and then sure enough yeah it's it's yeah. it's a lot and uh it's actually more than i even 
well, I guess now it's more just we know what they are. Like we kind of knew generally uh, that this number of them was coming, but now now the difference is we know what they are. So 2023, we get Starfield as as a game that um, I <laughs> I think Starfield is going to be one of the biggest games of the year, like. By any metric, not by not just like the physical I, size of the game and the scope of the game, but sales wise, number of players, yeah. how much people love it. Like I, it's it's I just think it's going to be insane. Like, I still don't quite think that everyone has collectively wrapped their heads around the fact that this is the next game from Todd Howard and the Bethesda Game Studios team. Like the people that if brought only you somebody had played Skyrim it. and Fallout 4. Uh, yes, Destin, if, <laughs> if only. I think part of the problem, though, was their initial showcase of this, because before this actual extended showcase, I was skeptical about starting. Are you talking about the stuff they showed last year? Yeah. 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 It, it just wasn't very personality driven. Like, yeah, their games have fair. a lot of personality and just felt so sterile and kind yeah. of generic there was a lot of no man's sky talk yeah uh, after last year yeah fine but but no man's sky has a very definitive personality whereas starfield show up is like we're kind of want to go a little bit more realism like we work with like research from nasa yep. and all this if it's like that's great but i'm not seeing what i usually see from elder scrolls or fallout here like i don't see that fun goofy rpg mechanics i don't see those characters that i love and this showcase was that full force. And I think to your point, this is what they needed to show to make your statement oh, true yeah. that this is going to be one of the biggest games of the yeah. year. Yeah, and, and Destin is, of course, politely prodding me because as you've probably all heard me say 6,000 times by now, I did get to play an hour of Starfield. Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no, what, uh, the point, I, what, I, what I will say, like as a real point on the back of that, uh, as opposed to just flexing, is that um, this to your point, Miranda, the, the sense I got even in that hour is that Starfield has fitting for its personality. It has this sense of optimism mm -hmm. in the game, like that you are venturing out into, into lands unknown, like not quite in a Star Trek kind of way, but in a similar, like, like Fallout's bleak by design, oh, right? Yeah. It is. And, and Elder Scrolls is more, it's medieval high fantasy so there's sort of a there's a there's like a wistfulness and a but up to that starfield to me has that sort of there there's this optimism and curiosity baked into it in terms of the vibe of the game and and what like how it how it is to actually play the game and what you're like what you're doing and for me and i've said this a million times i I've always, I like Fallout, but I've always very much preferred Elder Scrolls to Fallout. And I think for me, a big reason why is the the bleakness of Fallout. I, I don't vibe as well with that. Uh, and so I do vibe with Starfield and this, this more optimistic sense of, yes, let's, you know, venture out. We will reward you for your curiosity and for your exploration. Mm -hmm. You will, you will encounter things. You will find cool new stuff. You will be able to recruit people to the crew of your ship that you'll meet and on planets far and wide. So yeah, that's it. Starfield's just going to be, a, I think it's going to be a juggernaut. I'm not saying it's going to sell I, like what Skyrim sells, 
It's, it's not realistic. As well, I, what's go ahead, Destin. I mean, it could come to other platforms eventually, like in in some future capacity, like a, a collector's edition or something, the way that Skyrim did. But I I agree with what you're saying. I think if it's good, Starfield could go toe to toe with Zelda this year, and it's going to be an interesting battle because Zelda did something mechanically interesting with with what they did with their world like you can build actual cars and things in that game it's pretty yeah. nuts and starfield's just being like the ultimate bethesda experience right so it's, it's going to be it. very interesting to see how these two go head to head and it's going to be really tough and i also want to agree with you miranda i think that this demo of starfield is leaps and bounds better than what they showed previously i feel like i understand what starfield is and i even made a joke uh on twitter i said it's gonna be real hard to cut this to no man's sky footage because they differentiated what the game is so well with this presentation that sure you fly in space and stuff but it is a vastly different experience than what you'll be getting in a game like No Man's Sky. Speaking of which, uh, Ryan, I loved your interview with Todd Howard. Thank you. One, oh, yeah. I, do, I was going to slap you about and then was going to, but then I forgot because yeah. it was busy. But I really liked his comparison of how this game plays. Um, speaking, Dustin, you just kind of clued me into this of like how he compared it to not No Man's Sky, but more of like a Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, I was surprised mm -hmm. when he when he broke that one out, I was like, I was not, I did not expect you to say that, but yes, keep talking. Like, let's hear more. <laughs> that just gives me such better context for this. And it makes a lot of sense, especially knowing how I played Red Dead, which is mostly hunting for like a hundred hours, which you're yeah. like, right now, why would you do that? It's for guides. But also I had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and that game allowed you to do that in yep. the same way that Starfield, if you just want to like become a master shipbuilder or you want to try and visit literally all 1000 planets and not even worry about the main story, you can totally do that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The game supports it. Uh, so, and yeah, Destin, I'll, I'll admit to just throw in one more cause it's getting great reviews is it's all three consoles have a killer exclusive yeah. Oh, yeah. RPG this year. It's which yep. I don't know if that, you know, that's just sort of an interesting data point. Like, PlayStation owners just got Final Fantasy 16. I mean, it's out today as as we, we gave it a nine. Yeah, we gave it a nine and it got lots of great reviews yeah. everywhere. As you mentioned, Tears of the Kingdom, of course, and and Starfield is is up next on the Xbox side. So yeah, it's, it's a uh, it's a really good year for gamers, like yeah. on whatever platform. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so all right, we're only on game one of this this RPG <laughs> like roundup. So this year, we Xbox has Starfield as the, as the major role playing game that's exclusive, first party, of course. Next year, we don't know when, but next year we're getting Avowed, which we talked a bit about on episode five ninety nine when we were live after the after the showcase, and it that game is by design and intention not going to be the sort of endless role-playing game that starfield is or and will be but it's a more uh purposely contained kind of you know 20 to 40 hour kind of experience on the on the same sort of level as obsidian's own outer worlds i don't have a problem with that uh because it's you know with obsidian you can be pretty assured that the quality, the writing, the role-playing, the dialogue is all going to be really awesome in the 20 to 40 hours. Uh, I don't 
I, I, I don't disagree. I, I respect other people who are disappointed that it's not going to be a bigger role-playing game. But so we've got Avowed next year. Well, Avowed comp. Uh, Miranda and I talked about this a little bit on Slack, but um, it caught me off guard with its art style. Yeah. That was the main thing. And a lot of people think that, oh, Destin hates the game because they changed the art style. I pointed out that the logo design's a little bit different. Like everything's a little bit different from the concept trailer that we got a few years back. And then those, that theory was basically solidified in the, the I think it was PC Gamer interview where they confirmed that they did adjust scope and style yeah for the product. So like, I'm not crazy. They did change things, but when you start looking at what they showed us versus a game like Deadfire, uh, Pillars of Eternity, Deadfire, which, you know, same universe and whatever. Right. And they even allude to that particular game with the companion aspect. Uh, you start seeing what they're going for here. They also confirmed that this is like alpha footage that we're seeing or ba like very early footage of the game. So they still have a whole year at least to continue working on development well, of Avowed. Well, it says it 2024, could, right? It could be Q1 for yeah. all we know. It could be less, but you're right. I guess statistically the odds are it's probably, uh, it's, it's, it's probably going to be Hellblade first and then this, but I guess we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. So I get what they're going for now, but it definitely took my brain <laughs> some time to adjust from the expectations I have of their version of Skyrim, which is what they said they were originally going for. And then they decided to focus on storytelling right? and storytelling being the, the commanding goal. That's something I can always get behind. So 2023 Starfield, 2024 avowed. In 2025, it gets a little hazier because we don't have any release years. Now we're, we're just mm -hmm. kind of getting into speculation, but uh, at least one of the next three RPGs, yes, three that I'm going to mention, is probably going to come out in 2025 to keep this, this one big first party RPG per year streak going. And maybe there'll be two of the three come out in 25 for all we know. The first one's Fable, which we talked. I don't think we need to talk any more about that, other unless, other than maybe getting Miranda's thoughts. Because as you saw when you were watching us uh, live, we were quite blown away. Yeah. By Fable. Delightful. Setting the tone. Yay, IT crowd. Cool. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I yeah. think it was just a is a fun demonstration of what they're going for. So. Yeah. It's just what yeah. we needed. Yes. Yeah. So is that 2025? I hope so. Uh, you've got also the Outer Worlds 2 in the mix, a game that was announced with a, you know, a very tongue in cheek, like, yes, we're, an we're announcing this with nothing kind of, you know, joke, yeah. jokey trailer last year. Um, so that could be 2025 as well. And then also a possibility in 25. And again, maybe one of these goes to 26, in which case it just, again, keeps that streak going. Uh, and that's Clockwork Revolution, another game that we were really impressed by in Exile, uh, flexing their muscle in Unreal Engine 5 with, uh, with their steampunk first-person role-playing game. And uh, Destin, I know we were both yeah. pretty impressed by this. Yeah, you want to know what I spent my weekend doing? <laughs> I do. I, I, I know, what, I know the I answer, but I want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. I played Bioshock Infinite, and I cut a trailer putting the scenes from Bioshock Infinite next to this game to see if there were comparisons, and there's a lot. 
So that has me act. I don't see that as a negative. A lot yeah. of people see that as a negative. I have, I'm very excited to see what they do with the time travel mechanic in Clockwork Revolution versus how it was handled in Bioshock Infinite with alternate realities and alternate outcomes to situations. I love the de design aesthetic of Clockwork Revolution. And I, I am really, really stoked for this game, actually. Because I just played through Bioshock Infinite again, it you got me even more thing? excited. Well, almost to the end, wow. I got to where you <laughs> you find a certain character's mom. Yeah, <laughs> I, I won't ruin anything, but that's I mean, it's a ten year old game. But that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. yeah. I just also, played on like easy to get the comparison yeah, just go shots. Through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love it. I'm I'm super interested in what this take is going to be from in exile and what we can expect from this game. I like the guns. The guns are super weird looking. I like the different outcome sort of idea that they're toying with here. Very interested to see how this one plays out. Yeah. Uh, so that's again, just to run through them 23 Starfield, 24 avowed 25, 26, one or more of fable out outer worlds Two, and clockwork revolution. And then, uh, sadly, not continuing the streak there, but we also know further out in the distance, probably, probably I would place a small wager on five years, but it certainly could easily be six. It's probably not going to be four or less. But so 2028-ish is The Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> so far away. Which, yeah. <laughs> which will be the biggest game of that year. Like I can, we can already pretty much take that to the bank because we'll have gone uh 17 years between elder scrolls games wow 2011 to 2028 and the again skyrim being one of the most successful video games and most loved video games and still highly played video games ever so the elder scrolls 6 is going to be an absolute just monster whenever it does come around which it's going to be a while. Yeah. They're, they're only going to come out of pre-production and go into full production, uh, you know, either the end of this year or first thing after the holidays, probably uh, next year after they, you know, finish up Starfield and do whatever patches that need to be done and start work on some some story expansion content and what have you. But but yeah, like the if the point is here. If That's you, just what we know. Right. This is what we know about. Yeah. If you yeah. if you like role playing games, you have to be in in the xbox ecosystem like you just you just have to uh th there's there's too much to ignore it's insane the number of rpgs that are lined up and now again we know about all of them mm -hmm. or at least you know we know about a lot of them maybe there i guess there's i don't know if there's more but if <laughs> if there's not we're fine this is a lot that and just just the rpg genre that gives us one like potential mega hit every year or 2023, 2024, and 2025. Yeah. Right. And then we jump to 2028. But there's a ton of other games that we know that are in the works at Microsoft and Microsoft Game Studios that could also be that mega hit in the in the blank years. Yeah. Like uh just thank you, Destin, for a perfect segue. So these are here's a list of first party games that we know about that are still in Microsoft's back pocket that we didn't see or hear about at the showcase. Indiana Jones, which we'll talk more about in a few minutes. Very excited. Perfect Dark. <laughs> now, there's a first-person game for you, Destin, although seemingly not a shooter. looks like, although it'll, they'll probably be shooting, maybe it'll be a half-shooter, half-stealth. Half I mean, I guess I'm trying to say is 
after all the reported studio shakeup that's gone on over there at the initiative, I'm not sure how much faith or stock we can put in that original concept trailer that they announced the game with. Like it's possible things have 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 adjusted quite a lot, but but it'll still probably be a first person. I guess I don't know. It could be third person. Anyway, uh, Indiana Jones: Perfect Dark. State of Decay 3, you could count that as a role-playing game. Would you count State of Decay as a role-playing game, Miranda? I mean, it has elements of it, because it's, but it's survival. But, yeah? But there's the, the, you're managing these relationships with, with yeah. the survivors. It's, it kind of walks that line, doesn't it? Between uh, It's middle of, the, middle of the road. Yeah. We'll see what they do with this one, too. So State of Decay 3, Everwild, which we haven't seen in a while. Uh, the as yet unannounced, but we all know it's happening, Gears of War 6, a.k.a. Miranda's Game of the Year in whatever year it comes out. I hope so. I hope, hope so. We hope so. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Contraband, a third-party exclusive that we've not seen anything since the announcement of that uh, two years ago. I think that was 21. That wasn't last year. That was two years ago. I feel like it was last year. Was it? Anyway, yeah. Contraband is, is somewhere in the pipeline. The Outer Worlds 2, the, again, they, we, they haven't shown it. We don't, know any, you know, we don't really know anything about it yet. Uh, and then id Software's next game, which I've, you know, one of my predictions for this showcase that did not come true. We did not see what it is doing, if it's Quake or if it's something else. Uh, Tango Gameworks has, must have something else because Hi-Fi Rush was, we know that was a smaller team within their studio. So the larger the rest of the, the team must be working on a bigger game, whether that's Evil Within 3 or something else. The inevitable Forza Horizon 6, because Playground has two teams now. Mm -hmm. The Fable team was grown separately, uh, and the, the Forza Horizon team continues on. So Horizon 6 is, is probably a few years out. And... Probably again. There's probably more. We so, also have a uh, South of Midnight, which oh, thank you. I knew, yeah. yeah, I knew I would leave something That's out. Right. So there you go. My prediction. <laughs> yes. So it's uh, a lot of first party uh, bullets still in the chamber here, left uh, left to fire. Uh, real quick, just to, we're gonna pour one out for. Uh, we're gonna say goodbye and probably maybe happy to move on here. Matt Booty, the head of Xbox Game Studios, has confirmed that Microsoft is no longer making Xbox One games. Now, third parties still can and are, but Microsoft is not. In an interview with Axios, Mr. Booty said the company has, quote, moved on to Gen 9, noting that none of, the, of Xbox's 23 game studios are working on games that are compatible with the Xbox One. However, however support for games like Minecraft, of course, is still ongoing. Um, but he also, Matt Booty also reiterated a previous pledge Xbox made last year where the Xbox one can still access these new first party games like Starfield on your Xbox one via X cloud, via cloud gaming. He says, quote, that's how we're going to maintain support. So this is expected. Uh, they stand up officially keeping the, the, that, that door open for two and a half years into this generation, which is more than the two that they said initially. They had promised two years up front. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah, Miranda, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe 
Minecraft Legends is now the is the final first party release for Xbox One. Ooh, right? Am I missing any? I think that's yeah. I think that's everybody. There would be anything else. Destin, you got any uh, any parting words for the Xbox One? (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Maybe it's maybe we've yeah we've said them all. We've had uh, eight years of. Thank you, Xbox One. More than eight years, I guess. No. How, what year is it? I don't know. It's been a lot of years. I'm ready for well, Gen 10. 9. Yeah, it's, I guess, ten, eight years until the Series X came out, and then, or seven, and then, uh, yeah, 10 total. Yes. We're all, I think we're all happy to move on at this point. How, how do you, how do you two feel about this whole Gen 9 buzzword that started like last week? I don't know. It reminds me of Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's, this isn't Pokemon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> That's new, right? Like, I hadn't heard that before yeah. SGF. And then all of a sudden, everybody's throwing around Gen 9 consoles. Gen 9's yeah. weird. That's like a weird number to I know. Call. I don't even like... How do you get to 9? I was I was like, just going to say, like, I don't want to do the math on the Xbox. air because I'm going to look like an idiot. Oh, Destin's going to do it. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I'm thinking console, but it's got to be by year or something? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah. It's I don't know how you're tracking that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a quick eulogy for the Xbox One. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to say... Goodbye to, yes, the worst Xbox One ever. However, that's relative because the original Xbox was fucking awesome. Yes, I'm using that word because it was. It it had that garage, that garage band spirit to it. And then the 360 was truly the best Xbox so far. It gave us, you know, that that was the one that, that made Xbox cool. That, that really solidified Xbox as a major player that was here to stay in the market. Uh, and now the Series X, the, the story is, is being written as we speak. We're, we're still early on in that story. So the Xbox One wasn't awful. Its mistakes are well trodden. You know, we've, we've been over them a billion times at this point, but we can acknowledge that a whole lot went wrong in the Xbox One era. And not just at the beginning, because that's famously that it just face-planted from the jump and they never recovered. But sadly, you know, (laughs) you had underpowered hardware compared to the competition. You had the bad for the time that would, you know, they would look better now, but bad in the moment decisions about making it an always online console. You had the forced connect bundle which Microsoft couldn't wait to undo as soon as Phil Spencer took over as head of Xbox. You had the emphasis on TV instead of purely gaming at first. Uh, it, here's a deep cut that, that maybe, uh, maybe the two of you will, this might bring back a bad memory and I apologize in advance. Remember in the beginning when they turned literally everything, including achievements into an app? And how like cumbersome and horrible of an of a user experience that was. Then you had the gross mismanagement of some of the first party studios that caused uh, that really in some caused first party exclusives to dry up almost entirely. Uh, you know, th- there were very few and far between. There was great stuff. You know, like Cuphead was an amazing find, great exclusive. Uh, at while for for a while there, of course, early on Sunset Overdrive, which I'll you know still my favorite Xbox One game ever. Um, you know, you had a couple of excellent Gears of War games, Miranda, that that deserve a lot of cra- a lot of praise. 
but uh, you you also had these high profile cancellations that that still sting certain folks in the community. The the ill conceived fable legends, which you know, to I just rewatched the 1989 Batman to, to as a as a prep, preparation to go see Keaton come back in the Flash, and it and Fable Legends and the, the cancellation of that reminds me of uh, one of the lines that the Joker says to when he has the boardroom full of all the other crime bosses and he's like intimidating yeah. the heck out of them, and he he uses the 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 hand buzzer to to electrocute and kill one of the crime bosses and he goes i'm glad you're dead <laughs> that's kind of how i feel about fable legends is i'm glad you're dead because oh. y- you are not fable now we're getting fable and i'm really happy about people, it people were really mad that i didn't like fable legends back in the day that used to be like a thing that they would hate me for and now everybody's like oh you're, yeah you were like, on the right it side wasn't of history fable. Destin. it wasn't fable it wasn't fable i wrote i still yeah. I wrote the I wrote a preview from the E3 show floor after coming out of of playing that game, and I st- I don't know why it sticks in my head, but it, it's you can look it up. It's on IGN, and I the headline was uh, Fable Legends forgets what made Fable great, and mm-hmm. I still think that's completely accurate. I still feel you know, that what's way. sort of interesting. Looking at that old school footage, it dealt with scale also, and the new fable is going to deal with like Jack and the Beanstalk style story. Yeah, where there's a larger than life character and a tiny character. So, yes, I don't know, just uh, a mental thing. So, <laughs> sorry, got hung up on <laughs> Fable Legends there for a second, yeah. but uh, scale bound being sort of the the yeah. one that the community really uh, that that one still is like salt on a wound for for some friends. folks. Yeah, uh, and then uh, maybe this one's a little more forgotten, but. There was a there was a full on new Phantom Dust that was in the works that got oh, canceled, yeah. and instead we got like a remaster of the original original thing. So you know it was it was a tough road for the Xbox One. Um, again, not all bad. It certainly came back around once you know the Game Pass and the Xbox One X and some great this. Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon games, and we talked about two great gears games and cuphead and you know there, there was certainly the, the the ship started to get turned around in the in the back half of that generation but yeah we we pour one out we lay the xbox one to rest and we're the scale bound footage red come on producer and we <laughs> wow call it a, don't call our see now he's gonna red's gonna clown destin by he's like magic. Oh, he's go. drawing he's gonna like draw something stupid on his face or something on the screen that's or, fine <laughs> uh all right so that's that. Now we we still we've got a lot more to talk about. Here He's you go. A pro. See, He's bringing up the scale bound footage. Red is a nice guy. He didn't draw on your face yet, and instead <laughs> he's showing scale bound. And yes, one of the one of the games we never got to play on the Xbox One. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts. NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, 
malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Xbox prices are going up. Uh, No one wants to hear this ever, but here it is <laughs> streaming services raise their prices uh we you know we and nobody likes hearing that either so you know it's up to you whether you will continue to feel like you're getting your money's worth or you want to cancel your sub but regular game pass going from 10 bucks a month to 11 and game pass ultimate will go up $2 from 15 bucks a month to $17 a month so let me just start with that piece miranda Oof. you're wincing yeah I think I need to start paying it incrementally too, just because I'm not always playing Game Pass games. I'm playing games that like I own or something. And so with everything generally going up, like that's just what things are like. My therapist is like, I'm raising prices. I was like, no. Yeah. Like there's it's just everywhere. Um, so I guess this isn't entirely unexpected, but it of course is unfortunate because it's the fun thing and you don't want to have to cancel the fun thing. I know. But, they did warn us, to be yeah. fair. Like Phil, you know, kind of pretty telegraphed this. It's not like out of nowhere. Because, mm-hmm. you know, there, <laughs> Destin, there's a, you could say like, oh, well, this always seems to happen with Xbox where we get really, something really good happens, like this awesome showcase. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, a week later, here's some bad news. The prices yeah. are going up. But they yeah i don't like it (laughs) yeah Uh, it's is this gonna stop me no and that's microsoft knows it and so they're raising the price by two dollars on ultimate i i I find it interesting that it's only a dollar and only two dollars for ultimate like it it's not great across the board and you're going to talk about the console in a second but they did the game or boiling frog right that's the 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 parable the never heard that boiling the frog and he doesn't notice Okay, maybe maybe, maybe I'm not. Somebody it? in the comments will will help me out on this. Yeah, there's like you know if you if you turn the heat up slowly, the frog doesn't notice it's being boiled. But oh. if you just drop it into oh. 
Yeah, we're, so we're, PlayStation just ripped that Band-Aid off. Well, yeah, we're, we're the <laughs> and then Xbox did the same thing. We're the frogs in the in the and the water is getting warmer. That's <laughs> they, they went to seventy dollars last year in October. Now the console's more expensive in in a lot of the territories, and they raised their service prices also. So I yeah. think it should be noted that the service price increase is something that only they've done. Like PlayStation didn't increase the price, yeah. as far as I know. Well, but they were already they're, they're, they've got a seventeen dollar tier, don't they? PlayStation has like PlayStation's cheaper than Xbox. If you well, if you get like tier, even the top though, tier, the base tier, I, I'd have to look comparatively at the prices. Right. Where you don't get what you get on Game Pass. Yeah, but and. Xbox using the cop out that like they're matching the price heck of Sony. At least it felt that way. I'm just like raising the prices of stuff right now just feels like the worst time for any company to be raising the prices with the way that the economy is going and like everybody getting laid off basically in the tech sector. It just it just sucks across the board. So yeah, no, I, this doesn't get a pass. I no, don't no. like it. I'm yeah. not going to pretend I like it. Sure. I'm not saying you are, but yeah. Are we having an Ooh. earthquake right now? Or is there I something on the roof? Because, no. sorry, I know we're, we're totally breaking the flow of the show, but there's like a massive rumbling noise above it's us. Scary, and it was a little, it was a little disheartening there for a second. All right. I think, I think we're okay. We're, yeah. we're good, but. Um, it's because Indiana Jones was just announced. <laughs> Everyone's exclusive. running to pre-order. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Destin, you mentioned, uh, yeah, another, again, we're not, I'm not, I'm not going to defend the trillion dollar corporation for raising prices. Yeah. Hell no, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, the console, it, it, this again, I fact check me if I'm wrong, but I, I've been around this a long time. I don't remember the price of the console ever going up. There have been variants of Xboxes that have more like bigger hard drives in them. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the, the big one that comes to mind is the Xbox 360 elite, uh, was, was kind of the first one to do this where it was more money, but it, you know, you got more out of it, but this is the first time in the history and Xbox is 20, almost two year history, 21 and a half year history that they have ever raised the price on a existing piece of hardware. It's so, insanity. I, I've never heard of this ever happening in the console space before. You are you launch it, it's six hundred dollars. Right. And right? Sony did it too, oh, as we said. It's you know, they've both now done it. It's insane to me. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's I, not good. And people just don't seem to be pushing back on it that hard. It's just kinda surprising to me. I guess it's just kinda like, well, we can't do much. I, I can complain about it at least sure, a little we're, bit. Yeah, we're, we have a platform <laughs> to do that. So yeah. um the the price increases are basically matching Sony's in the territories Sony did it. So the the US price, I know we have a lot of international listeners and uh, pro probably most of you are, are in the US. It will not be going up in the US. It'll stay 499. Uh but it's moving up in Canada. So I don't know if like if you're a Canadian that lives near the border cuz the I think isn't the I think the exchange rates like pretty close to 1 to 1 right now. I'd have to I'd have to look in that Canada? up. Yeah. Yeah, Destin, you're from Canada. You're supposed to know this. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if any like any of you Canadians that no. live near the border that uh, may, is it going to be cheaper to just drive across the border to you know Michigan or New York One State? One U.S. dollar is worth a dollar thirty-two in Canada right now. Okay, so the dollar is so stronger than uh, it's been about. That's been about the exchange rate since as far as back as I can remember. Okay. though. 
Yeah. All right. I feel like it's for a little while that. recently it was one to one. But anyway, so six fifty Canadian, uh four four hundred and eighty pounds in the UK, uh five hundred and fifty euros across most European markets, and uh eight hundred Australian. And this starts August first, by the way. So there's you've got a little notice. If you've been on the fence, you're in one of these affected territories, you can save yourself uh, a bit of money. If, if you do have it in your budget to grab your Series X in the next 40 days, basically, um, you've got a little time. So, yeah, I just, I, I am surprised that, I'm not surprised at the Game Pass price increase. I am surprised at the console price increase because the fact of the matter is, as Microsoft themselves admitted in court today, which we'll, I hope we're going to have some time to talk about, uh, we're going to make time, but Xbox is in third place. And so you would think that, well, Microsoft would want to have a price advantage to try and tip more of those on-the-fence customers their way, in, particularly in these territories where they're not as strong. Because they're, they're strongest in... You, it's not a coincidence, I don't think, that the price of the Series X is staying the same in its two strongest mar markets, Latin America and the United States. That is where the Xbox is most dominant in, it, in, its, in the market. Uh, and it's, it's these other markets that it's not as strong in where they're going ahead and, and matching Sony's price increase. Miranda, are you surprised that, that they're not you know, kind of allowing Sony to just be more expensive and, and stay where they are in these other markets? I am, but I guess as I said too, just because things are getting more expensive overall, generally, I'm not too surprised at Game Pass. But as you said too, I am surprised at the console because usually the consoles, we see a decrease in price over time, not an increase. So seeing Especially, the increase is like... I mean, we're two, two and a half years but, in. We're, normally we'd be getting close to yeah. the first price cut yep. at this moment in time. The, the reason it bothers me a little bit more too, and you make a great point about the price cut there, Ryan, is because Xbox for the last two, three years has talked about how they're the, the best value for your dollar brand, right? We charge less for games. You know, you get access to hundreds of games on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, you know, our consoles, well, it was comparably priced, but now they're just like, all that's out the window and they're just they're the same as place they're doing the same moves that playstation's doing as opposed to going for the pro consumer route which is what they had been celebrated for for the last three years including yeah. us on this show yeah and now it's just like well all right well you're just doing the same playbook as sony in terms of pricing and that kind of sucks to see the market leader sony increase prices and then xbox just follow suit so like what happened in the last three years of that marketing towards being the most valuable choice for a, a consumer to take now it's just kind of like huh yeah i now even microsoft the xbox leadership team has so much they they have market research they have analytics that we don't my yeah. guess like again and i'm not defending the trillion dollar corporation here i'm just trying to think of like why they would do this for all the reasons that they shouldn't that both of you just mentioned of like why would they do this i wonder if be because they're weaker in those non-us non-latin american markets they figure the like the math must or the projections must come out such that 
they'll either they'll basically they'll come out ahead by raising the prices like the number of people that they would turn off is outweighed by the number of people that will just buy it anyway at the higher price mm. that, am i making sense i may not be explaining that that thought well people will still buy it that's yeah. long and the short of it. That's what you're getting at, yeah. right? Yes, thank yeah. you. Good. It's a it's an extra fun thing, right? Like right. If you're and again, for it, you're probably going to be prepared super not defending prices. the trillion dollar corporation because right. no, I no. these you know again, Destin, you mentioned the economic circumstances right now, the economic uncertainty. That's that's a pretty global thing. It's certainly you know it, we're seeing that here in the U.S. but around the world as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's not but, great. Um, one thing of note, though, is that the Series S is staying the same price. Thank you for oh, mentioning that. Point. I was going to say, yeah. at the value proposition, that still technically stands with the cheaper console model, and they're really mm -hmm. wanting to harp on that part. And that Good does, point. of course, change a little bit with Game Pass increasing the price, but that still stands. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, now, this, I guess, two, two quick things that this makes me think about before we move on uh, to this court case, and that is... One, uh, when will the price cut happen? Is that like it won't? You won't I mean, and that's three a, years I, from now. Yeah, I mean, Des, go ahead, please talk more, Destin, because this I think well, that I mean, is that is not a, a hyperbolic thing that you've just said. I don't think it happens. They have no reason to cut the price of the console when they can raise the price of it, and people will continue buying their console. Granted, they just 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 said like last quarter that they saw a 30% decline in console sales and now they're raising the price. I mean, that's not gonna help them sell, move more units. So I don't understand the strategy here. Hey, we're gonna make it more expensive than ever to get an Xbox Series X, which now is available on store shelves. Maybe they think the Activision thing goes through so they can do it. Or maybe they think that now that they've got their killer presentation with the Xbox showcase, they have a good content library. so they'll be able to recoup any sort of loss in sales right. in that respect. I, I just don't, I don't get it, especially on the console front. Miranda. I, I mean, again, I think it does come down to the economic uncertainty that we've mentioned a few times. And I don't think we'll see any sort of price cut until they're ready to announce like their next model or something. Which is, I'm glad you said that because that I was thinking about that too. Is like that's kind of how the iPhone is, mm -hmm. and we are seeing, you know, with these with now the mid cycle refreshes that seem to be a normalized part of things. Which that, that's I'm going to get to. That's my next point that I want to make is about that, but and the timing of it. But yeah, I it may you may be right that that the Series X doesn't go down until the Series X Pro if that's going to happen, this generation comes along, right? That's a, that's a realistic scenario. I think we're looking at. Yep. I think that's what they would do. And, and to that point, Destin, I mean, are, are we, are we going to see, do you think we're going to get that mid cycle refresh this time because of how, no. how screwed up the supply chain got and the beginning of this generation was so wacky. And the, again, all these other economic uncertainty things that we've been talking about, like, it, are we going to get that that uh, mid generation upgrade, that piece of hardware that that the core enthusiasts like us will buy? I don't think so. 
I, I think that their goal is to ship the Xbox Series X and keep it at the current price point. Look at the PlayStation 4 Pro. That is the same price it was at launch. They never did a price reduction. And I think there's just such a high demand for gaming stuff right now, or at least for Microsoft products, that they're just like, look, we've manufactured the units. They're on store shelves. We just leave them as is. They haven't really been given a reason to reduce the price like demand doesn't seem to have softened right the units that were on store shelves are still going out and that's what happened with the playstation 4 pro like people still want that console because playstation hasn't drawn that line in the sand for that many games yet i think it's going to start to happen now mm -hmm. that final fantasy 16 is launched as a playstation 5 exclusive but that's a third party game right when are the first-party PlayStation games going to make you buy a PlayStation 5? Well, Spider-Man right? 2, I guess, right, is the is yeah, probably the first but, big, big one this fall. But, yep, first and they, they started out with a few of them that were, like, PlayStation 5-specific, and then they just kind of, like, God of War Ragnarok wasn't it? it was on PlayStation 4. The New Horizon was still on right. PlayStation 4. They needed, Gran like, Turismo, yeah. Yeah. Well, what was Gran Turismo? I think Gran Turismo might have been one of the next. Was it? Yes. Right, yeah, you, well. can, you can absolutely play that game on PS4. Yeah. Yeah. So Xbox is saying Gen 9, the new buzzword, <laughs> we're all in. PlayStation's got to make that move. And the reason I'm bringing up what PlayStation is doing is because I think it's indicative, based on what Xbox has done with raising the prices, of what Xbox will do. PlayStation 4 Pro is the same price. They're not changing the price of that, that product. I think that's just how we go from now on. We don't get those mid-gen refreshes and we don't get price changes for this one. The only constant is change. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only, in the games industry, man, you hang around long enough. There's uh, it's, it becomes tough to identify patterns because they tend, things tend to change. All right. So uh, there's still so much more to talk about. And again, we're, th there's going to be a lot more just after we stop recording today. Cause again, Microsoft, there are Microsoft executives testifying yeah. in this court case literally right now. Uh, I mean, they might be on a lunch on, break right now because it's 1227 p.m., but, yeah. but it's going to keep happening today. And as, as Destin mentioned earlier, it's going uh, through next week. So we're going to have we're going to be talking more about this, but there's a couple things that I want to bring up right now. Uh, three of them, if we have time, that's what I have flagged. The first one is something that we've speculated about for a while. And it turns out we were kind of, we were, we were right and wrong, but also kind of just right, no matter what. It's sort of, <laughs> follow along here for a second. It'll make sense momentarily, I promise. So Indiana Jones came up in the, in the, in the courtroom. Sure uh, and, and to our delight, we now know what the plan is for it. We don't, still don't know anything about the game. But uh, Machine Games' upcoming Indiana Jones game was originally set for a multi-platform release, which is exactly what we had wondered about because uh, that deal with Bethesda was signed prior to Microsoft acquiring the whole of Bethesda and ZeniMax. During today's trial between... No, Siri, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> During today's trial... How does she always do that? When I'm, like I have no... I'm not paying attention to you. During today's trial between uh, Xbox and the Federal Trade Commission, Bethesda's Pete Hines revealed that Disney had an agreement with ZeniMax for a multi-platform AAA Indiana Jones game. After the acquisition, the agreement with Disney was amended to transition the Indiana Jones game 
to an Xbox and PC exclusive. The game is currently set to hit Game Pass on day one. So there you go. Uh, that that mystery is now cleared up. This is not going to be a uh, Deathloop uh, or Ghostwire Tokyo situation where it's a... Well, I mean, it was never going to go to PS5 first, but it's no more they're they're now we i think we can pretty definitively say no more uh xbox uh, games are going to or at least no more zenimax games are yeah. going to ps5 uh anytime soon so uh destin are you surprised a that this came up in court at all and b it that, seemed to, go sorry. ahead yeah it seemed to catch him off guard a little bit when when he was up there on trial he seemed really nervous like you can listen to it if you sign in, but uh, we have Rebecca Valentine's there right now, like watching it and giving the play-by-play -play to the news team. But yeah, this was a, a big surprise to come out of the, the trial, actually. So this was revealed. I'm sure you have other stuff listed there, like Jim Ryan saying, Call of Duty, we're going to be just yeah, fine next. without it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and this was surprising to me it seemed to catch pete hines off guard when he was testifying on the stand i think this is great news for for xbox and pc Certainly. potentially not for the, their case against the ftc to to give listeners and viewers uh just an idea of how important this case is if the preliminary injunction by the ftc is held after next week activision deal is dead yeah. Like it's done. Microsoft has said basically, if they're allowed to continue holding us up in this litigation, it's dead. If it is lifted, they will likely finalize the purchase of Activision right. Blizzard. This, these five days are incredibly important. So this piece of news coming out is, is pretty surprising. And there's a whole bunch of other spicy stuff that just came out of the first few hours this morning. We got the FTC filings and the Microsoft filings. Some really, really interesting stuff. And and you guys know I've been reading everything about this case yeah. for like a year. So it's it's a very exciting week, to say the least. So Miranda, um, certainly Disney, I'm a little surprised, but ultimately not really because... After all, Disney was pretty comfortable handing Sony a, to a, a few exclusive yeah. Disney licensed games in the form of Spider-Man and Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. So we get one now. I imagine that sort of prepped them for the acquisition as well. Of like, oh, well, this will be exclusive. Those did fine. Cool. Like, I imagine <laughs> that could have been something that was negotiated before. Yeah. Um, rather than being like, wait, you can't do that now. Like, we already signed this contract. And I mean, I'm not any sort of legal expert, but I imagine that there were a lot of discussions around that and using those as justifications as to why, you know, amending it's okay. Um, oh, this has been, well, there's some quote that's, I guess we'll, we'll move on because there's so much more to talk about, but that's, that's the heart of it. There is that we now know Indiana Jones, which is uh, made by the extremely talented people at machine games and executive produced by Todd Howard. It's a dream. It's been a dream game of him, of his for 10 years, as he talked about uh, in an interview last year um, with Lex Friedman. So that game will be an Xbox exclusive. So uh, Destin, you, you uh, started to talk about this. Our, our buddy, Jim Ryan, whose whole, he's like his whole deal in life right now is just trying to get this deal killed seemingly. And uh, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. uh, he's, he, he may succeed, <laughs> um, but, but, 
there's something that he said uh, that you're going to tell us right now that oh uh, yeah that 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 weakens his argument a little bit. I don't, I don't have our story handy, but Derek Strickland oh, okay. over at Tweaktown has been doing a really good job of quoting basically verbatim what's being yeah. said. So I'll be reading. I have it quote. if we need it, but go ahead. Okay. It is not an exclusivity play at all. They're thinking bigger than that. This is Jim Ryan in an email. They have the cash that makes these moves. I've spent a fair amount of time of Phil and Bobby, and I'm pretty sure we'll continue to see COD on PlayStation for years to come. We have some good stuff cooking. I'm not complacent. I'd rather that this didn't happen, but we'll be okay. We'll be more than okay. So after all of that hubbub about Call of Duty being exclusive or not, Jim Ryan is quoted as saying, we'll be more than okay. When 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 privately behind closed doors, he's like, "Eh, it kind of sucks, but we'll be fine. It is a very, very different uh, stance than what he has taken publicly where he's, you know, tried to say the world's going to PlayStation's going to die tomorrow if uh, if if Call of Duty is is kept off of PlayStation which again Microsoft has no intention of doing they have no yeah. intention of how like the you could not the, you could not possibly make up the money in adding some people to the Xbox ecosystem because Call of Duty is exclusive that is you you can't possibly uh, that that does not outweigh just keeping it on PlayStation. You make yeah. so much more money by just keeping Call of they, Duty on PlayStation. They had to do the math in the CMA case. They proved that they would lose billions of dollars if they yeah. were to take it off of PlayStation. They're like, like this doesn't make any financial sense. <laughs> and not only w- the PR backlash would be huge if we were to make that move. So they've already explained why it doesn't make sense so yeah. the FTC continue to go down that path and now with this Jim Ryan email it's just like it's that's just a moot point um our article on that email from Wesley our new UK news editor has great context for it as well so of yeah. course you see the full email transcript is in addition to some context for like interviews with Jim Ryan and then of course um other comments made by Jim Ryan regarding the merger and them wanting to block it. And that's like the biggest point. I think that was a, let me see it in the quote. It, if um, you're not on IGN right now, you should be because Reb and that team is like kicking butt. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah, this is stuff. happening in our own backyard. Yeah. And like yeah. like, like uh, <laughs> one of you mentioned, our own ace reporter, Rebecca Valentine is literally there. there since 4 a.m. Like, so. like, yeah, she's doing, there. Doing, some, doing some, uh, some serious journalism over there. Yeah. Um, mm. So the quote's like, in March, Activision Blizzard EVP Corporate Affairs and COO, uh, Lulu Chang um, took to Twitter. Uh, Lulu Chang, Messer, Messer, Messer V. Messer V. Uh, took to Twitter to claim. Messer V. Messer V. You know, we're, we're getting yeah. through the last names, guys. <laughs> um, took to Twitter to claim Ryan had commented on Sony's true motivation in a behind closed doors meeting in Brussels. In his words, and this is a quote, in his words, I don't want a new Call of Duty deal. I just want to block a merger. <laughs> That's it. So that was the. Uh, the quote to an Activision Blizzard. Yes, the, the alleged behind closed doors quote from Jim Ryan. Yeah, so again, that is quoted by somebody else about a meeting. So yeah. that, again, context yeah. like that is, I think, crucial to all of this. That was during the phase one hearing with the, yeah. the CMA. Yeah, and she that tweet's like public right now. Lulu Cheng Maservi is the like CFO, uh, I want to say. Yeah. CCO uh, at, she's the, at Activision. No, she's the 
She's got, she got two titles, the EVP of corporate affairs and oh, CCO. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah. I think when you get yeah. that high, so, it's like, okay, wait, what's the full title? <laughs> so he said what Miranda just read. And now we have this email where he's like, we'll be fine. We'll be more than fine. Like, so it's, it's just all <laughs> smoke. <laughs> this, this is, this is certainly gaming's most fascinating soap opera. These just two massive first parties fighting over the biggest third party publisher. I mean, I, we've never seen anything like this yep. in, in the no. entire history of the games industry. And it is, it is rather fascinating. Um, Get your popcorn. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I wish I had yeah. some. I, I love it. You know what Microsoft could do with $69 billion if this deal doesn't go through? Just buy every PlayStation 5 that Sony manufactures and just leave them in a warehouse where no games <laughs> will get sold. Wow. And where no like controllers will get sold and no any like I mean, <laughs> like I'm just saying, theoretically, if you had like some $69 billion of petty, the pettiness to, to take out if this thing gets scuttled. You can just be like, cool, we're going to buy all the PS5s and then you'll generate $0 in software sales. I know that's not a realistic scenario, oh, yeah. but theoretically, they have the money to do that. $69 billion would buy a lot of PS5s. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about, again, for now, because this is developing as we speak, we'll be talking about this more inevitably on next week's Unlocked. Un uh, we have another instance of Microsoft kind of trying to look as meek as possible in an effort to get this thing to go through. Microsoft admits Xbox has, quote, lost the console wars as it battles for the Activision Blizzard buyout to go through. Uh, in its proposing findings of fact submitted on the first day of Microsoft's court battle with the FTC, Microsoft has claimed that Xbox has officially, quote, lost the console wars. Uh, a section of the document submitted by Microsoft describes its entry into the gaming industry in 2001 when its original Xbox console was outsold by both Sony and Nintendo by a, quote, significant margin which of course they plan for at that point. Every, every original Xbox lost Microsoft. I want to say it might've been $200. It was some like number over, it was like a three figure number, you know, they, they, but they knew they had to do it to get the foot in the door. Uh, and per Xbox, it hasn't quote, stopped losing the console wars ever since. Quote, Xbox's console has consistently ranked third of three behind PlayStation and Nintendo in sales. In 2021, much more recently, Xbox had a share of 16%, while Nintendo and PlayStation had shares of redacted and redacted, respectively. <laughs> Likewise, uh, for console revenues and share of consoles currently in use by gamers, aka installed base, Xbox trails with 21%, while PlayStation and Nintendo have shares of, again, redacted and redacted, respectively. Microsoft goes on to argue that as a result, it is, quote, betting on a different strategy by generating profit through game sales rather than console sales and selling its consoles at a loss, quote, effectively subsidizing gamers' purchase of the hardware in hopes of making up the revenue through sales of games and accessories. And I think the unspoken part there is Game Pass. Uh, all of these arguments are part of, uh, let's see, do I need to read that? No, that's sort of the, that's the meat of it. So you have Microsoft in court being like, hey, we're in last and we're always, we've always been in last. 
why you all just leave us alone and let us let us you know buy this company so we can be more competitive destin your reaction to something that it's basically just it's saying the quiet part out loud right i mean he already said this during the eu hearing so he's just reiterating something that was already said yeah and he said it on the kind of funny games cast like we're not trying to out console sony that's what he was alluding phil spencer did to be more specific that's what he was alluding to on that show and the microsoft representative said they've already lost the console console race uh their strategy has never been about the box it has been about allowing you to play where you want, play on PC, play on console, on the Series X, on the Series S. Uh, now we're in Gen 9, so <laughs> they're only talking about the, the next generation of consoles and, and PC. But yeah, I mean, it, that wasn't like a big bombshell, in my opinion, because they've been touting that talking point for so long. So, Miranda, do you think Phil Spencer's custom license plate on his car in the Microsoft parking lot is Gen 9. We lost. <laughs> oh, no. no, it's we, oh, we lost. lost. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> like, that's, like that's all that we keep hearing from Microsoft. So back in 2020, Phil Spencer said that their main competitors were actually Amazon and Google. That's, that's true. what they saw as their main competitors. Yeah. So it is kind of weird because at this point, they're trying to paint themselves as it's weird to say this maybe, and maybe this is a little too harsh, like as pitiful as possible. Yeah. Like, wow, look at us. We're yeah. really not doing all... They've been doing it this whole time, right? Um, they're trying to show that they're behind so that they can justify saying, like, no, we need this to be competitive, which it's like, there's a lot of conversations about that, as we noted too, that, you know, they're not doing a price drop or increase, excuse me, wish it was a price drop. They're not doing a price drop. Uh, They're doing a price. They're not doing the price increase in the US or Latin America because they have a really strong hold on those markets. And like, that's pretty significant. Um, And there's so many factors here to to analyze. And of course, they're going to manipulate those factors as much as they can to prove why they need this merger to go through. Um, Of course, want it for a lot of obvious advantageous reasons. But uh, it is interesting to see them always pull back and forth on the console game. It's like, now we can use this to our advantage. And then <laughs> yeah. other times they're like, no, no, they're not our competitors. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I get it, though. It's, it, it's the game, right? It is wild, yeah, how how the how it goes back and forth. I mean, We're it's just... so weak and vulnerable. <laughs> Let us buy the $70 billion company. Please, sir. <laughs> let us make this simple purchase. I just, just need we're in last place. Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just, it is impossible as we're again actually in the middle of this this uh, critical trial. As Destin noted, how critical this is to the entire situation. It's just it's impossible to even make an a prediction at this point which way it's going to go. I mean, we'll find out over the next week. Uh, we'll see kind of where where things are on next week's podcast, uh, and then yeah, I guess in two two shows from now, two weeks from now. We'll probably know. Like this thing might, for all intents and purposes, be over. If if not, it'll be over Friday. Right, but you know we're we'll we'll be on the air after that. So <laughs> two more shows from now, we should know. Um, so it's it's almost over. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'll, I'll guess again on the record that it goes through. Okay, I I 
been very confident I, about it the whole way through. I've like, been back and forth, and I yeah. like I honestly don't even I don't know where I sit with it right now, <laughs> Miranda. I, you can sit in the middle, and I'll say it doesn't go through. Okay, we'll just let it be. All right, yeah, and then three. I'll just I'll just side with whoever wins to yeah, make it look like I I made the right prediction. And if one of the loses, we'll be like, ah, drat, <laughs> we lost. Uh, and then yeah, then I'm saying if if it doesn't go through. Um, I, I know I may be joking about $69 billion of, of PS5 consoles to hide in a warehouse somewhere, but, uh, what won't be a joke will be, you know, you, you think if, if you think Microsoft's going to just like not acquire anything else after this doesn't go through, you're probably pretty mistaken. They're going to go no, I'm not saying they're going to go necessarily gobble up an entire other publisher. I mean, Ubisoft's a little shall we say vulnerable right now like and they've been the subject of of uh buyout rumors for some time not connected to microsoft but over the years but they're not going to just put that 69 billion dollars back in their pocket they might they're not, they might not spend all of it cuz that's a ton of money even you know for a trillion dollar corporation but i would not be surprised if uh if sony keeps if they're going to keep going out and and locking off the final fantasies of the world uh and and these you know these other third party games and this and if they if sony's able to successfully get this thing uh just you know run a run aground <laughs> then microsoft won't be they will not have they will not go home quietly let's just put it that what? way one fun thing to note in their in their counter filing to the injunction, Microsoft said that they're requesting the FTC pay the three billion dollars for killing the transaction, basically. Wow. So if they lose, they've made a request that the FTC has to foot that bill. Mm. We'll see what happens with Judge Scott Corley, but I, I found that sort of interesting. That is interesting, and I would expect uh, that that might go to some. If if that can be appealed, no matter which way it goes, it yeah. will probably be appealed either by the FTC or by Microsoft. Yeah. Oh, but, you're going to kill our deal? We'll take the. Th you can pay the three billion dollar cancellation fee, and we'll just walk away. Everybody walks away happy. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know we're kind of over, but why not? We're already over. Let's do some <laughs> trivia real quick. This is a. To, to to celebrate the the death of the Xbox or Xbox oh. One, to mourn its passing, its official first you know as far as Microsoft's concerned, uh, Stefan, whose gamer tag is Hollow Point five hundred three, asks, "It's been ten years since the announcement of the all-in-one console, the Xbox One. Which of the following was not a voice command when the Xbox One launched with the Connect two Was it?" Xbox use a code, Xbox take a screenshot, Xbox Skype Destin or insert name here, or Xbox previous song. Three of these were real voice commands you could give to the Connect to the console. One of them uh, was not there at launch. Miranda. This is actually really hard. I know. I I, I, I lived through this. I I worked yeah. at IGN, and I I don't think I. I narrowed this, but I don't. I don't think when this email first came through a couple weeks ago, I don't think I got this right. So, I, I, yeah, I definitely watched all the presentations. Had an Xbox, had a Connect. Um, I'm gonna say D. Xbox previous song. Okay, Destin. I have it burned into my memory. Xbox Skype Fran Mirabella. 
Xbox because we couldn't get it to work for the video. So I know that's not one of them. But uh, I was going to say previous song also. I don't know why, but I feel like use a code because they had all the QR codes. Mm -hmm. Take a screenshot makes sense. But maybe that was a feature added later. Anyway, I'll, I'll say D also previous song. Okay. Because I think that's... Oh, that. you had it. You literally just said it, but then didn't go that way. Yes, take it's a screenshot. screenshot was added later. That's what I was thinking. It, it was like, it's either going to use a previous song or take a screenshot. Because yeah. yeah. screenshot is like the most obvious. Like, of course that would be at launch. <laughs> I'm playing yeah. video games. But nothing but... about the Xbox One made sense at exactly. launch. Exactly. <laughs> they had the game DVR at launch, but I guess they didn't have screenshots yet. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, you're both right there, Close. but... Uh, <laughs> Stefan, good job of stumping the panel on that one. And if anybody else out there has a good Xbox trivia question, please send it my way. The email address to send it to is unlocked at IGN.com. Include the question for multiple choice answers. Please note the correct answer in your, in your email. Don't forget your name. And if you'd like me to read it on the air, your gamer tag as well. And that brings us to the end of... Uh, of a justifiably long episode. There was so much to get to here on Unlock 600. Nuts. Yeah, no no special guests sadly. There were uh, you know a couple Try. couple you know a couple things didn't pan out. That's how it goes. Um but I hope you enjoyed this uh this milestone episode nevertheless. Miranda, what how long have you been on this podcast now? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I honestly do not remember the time has the no meaning. Time I came on. Yeah, it's been many years at this point. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't remember when you joined either. Like, it's been long enough where yeah. you're just a part of... I just your... kind of showed up one day. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and Destin, I know, yeah, you you asked in not long after I started at IGN. It's, like, it's probably the been first nearly year, a decade. Right? Yeah. It's probably been like a decade. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because um, I'm on year 12 or 13 at IGN. I don't know. Lost track. It's, I know it's a long, it's, we're very yeah. lucky to get to be here for as long as we've been here. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, nobody's thrown us out yet. Yeah, nobody's really. canceled us. None of that stuff. So, um, we're still here. Dang it. We're going to keep doing it. Um, so thank you to our wonderful producer, red, uh, who is just does a great job with the video version. I mean, this, you know, this 600, it, this show has evolved a lot over again. I mean, my first one, I had to look this up recently was 58. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm coming up on 550 of these myself, Wow, uh, which is a lot, <laughs> but it's, you know, it, there were, there were 57 episodes before I, before even I got here, which is over a year's worth if you're doing it every week. Right. So it's, uh, you know, the show's evolved quite a lot over the years. The cast has evolved. I want to say thank you to all current and former unlocked cast members the ones that came before for paving the way. I'll give a special shout out to Mitch Dyer because he was my original co-pilot in this thing uh, when I came in. When I started uh, 11 years ago, my first day, I said, I want to do an Unlocked. Like literally the first day, I was like, let's, let's get in there. Let's do it. And, uh, and that's, that's what episode 58 was from my first day at IGN. So I'm thrilled to be here. I love that you guys and Stella, who's hanging with Tom Cruise, couldn't be here for 600 because Tom Cruise, God, like he's more important fine. than us. Yeah. It's what? A little rude. She could have just brought him. You know? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're if you're coming back from Rome, San Francisco is kind of on the way back to LA, right? For, yeah. for Tom. 
what you bring a little bit bring tom next time stella is what we're trying to say but but yes thank you to red thank you to stella to miranda to destin and to all of our wonderful past cast members of unlocked here 600 episodes and most still going the what? listeners and most importantly the listeners that, yeah. yeah that's otherwise we yeah. don't have a show so thanks for listening yes so uh, thanks for hanging with us and we'll be back with more legal drama on Law and Order Xbox Edition <laughs> next week. Messy, one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a best comic book podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com. <laughs>